A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. But recall those earlier days when, after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to abuse and persecution, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion for those who were in prison, and you cheerfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you yourselves have a greater possession and the great reward. For you need endurance, so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back. But we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but are those who have faith and so are saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Then they will hand you over to be tortured and will put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. But anyone who endures to the end will be saved. And this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
evening. You may be seated. Welcome you to Trinity Cathedral. Those of you who are present with us in person and those of you worshiping with us online, my name is Adrian Cook. I'm the priest associate of the cathedral. Uh, before I get into the sermon, I am to tell you we have soup tonight, uh, and it is a vegetarian vegan soup, so uh, we hope that you'll join us for some dinner. And now I'd like to tell you about the two women whom we are remembering this evening. During the years A.D. 193 to 211, Roman Emperor Septimus Severus decreed that converting to Judaism or Christianity was forbidden. And so came some of the bloodiest persecutions of Christians in the Roman arenas. Perpetua and Felicity, or Felicitas, are two of the earliest martyrs of the church whose stories are documented by primary sources. We have firsthand accounts of their event. Perpetua kept a journal, and right after her death, one of the observers amended the ending to tell the story of the powerful experience of how she and Felicitas died. And as I was reading up on their stories, it struck me that this name was familiar. That in my seven years of schooling at St. Felicitas Catholic Church in Richmond Heights, I never once heard this story of Felicitas. 
And I'm not sure if the school was named after this Felicitas or the Felicitas of Rome who died a few decades earlier, but both women were mothers whose devotion to their children amidst horrific deaths became a part of the story of their sainthood. And these stories are really hard to tell because of their violence. I imagine that's why I did not know of them in elementary school. But as an adult, I've learned more. And I think the stories of mother saints are so influential because this mothering imagery is deeply connected to the concept of Christian baptism. We read in the Gospels and epistles that the baptized have died, this imagery of death, and are hidden with Christ in God, held in the divine womb until we're birthed into new life, born again from above. And so stories like Perpetua's and Felicitas's stories are powerful for Perpetua's child was being breastfed by her while she was in prison, right before her death. And Felicitas gave birth just days before her execution. The mob in the arena was upset to see two women who were clearly still capable of breastfeeding being thrown to wild beasts. And in the end, the gladiators were brought in to give them a swifter death than the animals could. So who were they? Well, Perpetua was a noble woman whose family was not Christian. She bore the weight of disgracing her family by going against the emperor all the way to death, and she faced it without their support. And Felicitas was a slave whose story mimicked in extraordinary ways the humility and suffering of Christ's own story and whose recorded death offers us a poignant imagery of baptism. So as the church, we remember these women today as examples of those whose faith could not be altered even in the face of suffering unto death. Their stories, as many of the early martyr stories, are strange to us in that they are full of emotional, psychological, and physical trauma. And we kind of lift these stories up in the church. But part of that is because the trauma is narrated by storytellers who present suffering in an almost romanticized, spiritualized light. And this is because the early Christians took the imitation of Christ's sufferings unto death, quite literally. These were to be imitated. Our stories, uh, our sources tell us that early Christians held strongly that to be persecuted and to be killed as a Christian was to most fully and completely align themselves with Christ. Felicitas's story has become this example of how suffering connects Christians to their baptism and ultimately to Jesus' story. So as it is recorded, Felicitas's miraculous story is that she approached her martyrdom, having just given birth to her, to her daughter while in prison. I, qu I quote, joyfully. She approached her martyrdom joyfully. 
in part perhaps because her daughter was born in time to be able to be raised by other sisters. Um, though the account does not say that is where her joy comes from. Her joy comes from connecting her story to the story of Christ. And this is the way that the narrator recounted her death in Perpetua's journal. Felicitas advanced from blood to blood, from the midwife to a net-bearing gladiator now to be washed after childbirth in a second baptism. Washed after childbirth in a second baptism from blood to blood. This blood that covers her child in birth and her own body in death are both likened to water baptism in this retelling of her story. The symbolism reminds us that the full experience of our mortality from life to death to new life is mined in the baptismal waters as we're submerged in a kind of death and rise to new spiritual life in Christ. Baptism has therefore become a symbol of our mortality, of our own sufferings in this liminal space as we all face death and look to that resurrected life on the other side. This imagery is not new to us as Christians. Jesus' words in today's gospel remind his followers that many will indeed be hated and tortured unto death just like he was. He names that suffering will cause some followers to betray their faith, but that for others their suffering will be for them and for us proof of salvation. So in our day, this imitation of Christ's suffering, it's not something many of us experience as literally as the early Christians did. To my knowledge, no one here has, was dragged from their homes upon baptism. And to further contrast, it's in this very season of Lent that we now openly prepare for baptism and confirmation, visible signs of our faith in Christ. Even tonight, I'll sit in a classroom with a handful of individuals seeking the bishop's hands on their head at the Easter Vigil to reaffirm their faith. So perhaps, as Christians today, we look back to this tragic experience of these saintly women to help us understand how we might retain our faith in light of our own suffering, as well as the shared suffering we still face alongside some of their experiences. For like Perpetua and Felicitas, some of us here may share their anxiety over the well-being of children. We may share their fear as death approaches, maybe not by sword, but by illness or age. We may share their trauma of betrayal of family. We may share the burden of being viewed as less than by society because of gender or socio socioeconomic status. And so these women continue to challenge us today to be strengthened by our own faith amidst our own suffering and to follow their example of not allowing even our unique stories to steal from us our trust in God. They invite us to remember our baptisms, 
and even to consider that our present suffering on this earth is a brief blip from the gaze of eternity. Like that moment we hold our breath, plunged into the waters of baptism, a time is coming soon enough to breathe new life in the resurrection, to rise from the depths of our suffering into the new life on the other side. Lord Jesus, for our sake, you were condemned as a criminal. Visit our jails and prisons with your pity and judgment. Remember all prisoners and bring the guilty to repentance and amendment of life according to your will and give them hope for their future. When any are held unjustly, bring them release. Forgive us and teach us to improve our justice. Remember those who work in these institutions, keep them humane and compassionate, and save them from becoming brutal or callous. 
And since what we do for those in prison, O Lord, we do for you, constrain us to improve their lot. All this we ask for your mercy's sake. Amen. Please join me in saying collect number five. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven to enter into that gate and dwell in that house where there shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light, no noise or silence, but one equal music, no fears, no hopes, but one equal possession, no ends nor beginnings, but one equal eternity. In the inhabitants of thy glory and dominion, world without end. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. May the light of the Holy Spirit shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of Christ turn towards you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>